Hello, my name is Lucas Trevor, and I want to thank you all for listening to the first episode of You Never Call, a podcast and book club. This week, my mother and I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy, which won the 2007 Pulitzer for Fiction. For more information on our show and to stay updated, you can follow us on Twitter at You Never Call Pod. There we'll be posting about future episodes, sharing more information on what we read, and also you can suggest books by messaging us there. Our personal Twitter accounts are also linked there. I'm at I am Lucas Trevor, and my mother is at Allison B. Salerno. Finally, I want to give a quick trigger warning. Because of the content of the book, The Road, our discussion includes mentions of topics such as suicide, sexual assault, and cannibalism. If you're not comfortable with any of those topics, we understand, and we encourage you to just tune in next week for episode two. Without further ado, here's episode one, our conversation on The Road. Hello, welcome to the first episode of You Never Call, a podcast and book club. I'm your first host, Lucas, and then you introduce yourself. Wait, are you planning to get another host? What is this? I'm the first host. And you're the second host. Oh, you're not going to get like fired from the job. Bro, I don't know. HR's been on my... Don't call me bro. I really hate it when you call me bro. Okay, I'm going to do that more. Stop. All right. I hate that. So I'm your I'm your first host, Lucas Trevor. And do you want to introduce yourself or just like kind of keep it a mystery? I'm his mother. I'm Allison Salerno. There there we go. All right. So Aren't you little... like the main host? I feel like that's why I'm the first host and you're the second host. Oh, I'm the Sue host. Right. Like you're you're the backup if I'm like busy or whatever. Well, we'll start out introduce the podcast a little bit and then okay. we'll introduce ourselves. This will probably t- obviously it's not something we're going to do every episode. No. So the premise of the podcast is we're going to be reading, you know, some a piece of high quality literature or You mean or literature. Bad. Exactly. Only British books. This guy wasn't British. He's no, American. He's, he was American. Yeah. Just He's, saying. like, aggressively American. Well, there was kind of a Britishy thing going. Like, I felt like he kept adding in words that I'd never heard just to be, like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Didn't she kind of, like, I, no, I, I circled all the words I didn't know, and there was, like, one per page. Wow. Well, they tell you if you read a book, when you start reading a book, if you don't know five words on the first page, you shouldn't read it. So the premise is we're going to be reading a book once a week, once every two weeks, depending on how long it is. And depending on how much time we have, and uh, we'll just we're just going to be talking about it. So, uh, you of course are my mother. Yes, I am. So that's really just the you know we all bear our crosses, and that's the one. I bore you, all nine pounds thirteen ounces. We're keeping this a PG podcast, Mom. Birth is not R. It might be PG thirteen though. Eh, whatever. Do they talk about birth in Pixar movies? Not the actual birthing process. No. Anyway. The, the kind of the gestalt genesis of uh, uh, this was last last Christmas. Mm. My gift to you was a copy of The Hobbit, which neither of us had ever read. Correct. Um, and now and one the, of us has read it. Well, I don't look, I don't want to point any fingers. I don't want to, you know, spill any tea about who on this call actually read The Hobbit. Um, so we're just going to keep it vague. But one of us read The Hobbit. One of us did not. Mm-hmm. Just like one of us trained for a 10K and one of us didn't. And I, th- but we both ran the 10K. Who finished first? 
me. I don't think that's true. No? No, I think I finished first. Well, you're like more than half my less than half. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, uh, I did not read The Hobbit. I read a lot of The Hobbit. I read like half The Hobbit. You're like, are you less than half? Yeah, you're less than half my age. Thank you. I just had to think about that. Okay. Right. Uh, How much of I, The Hobbit did you read? I probably got like halfway through. Hmm. I finished it. Well, maybe we'll talk about that one next time. Uh, so okay. we're, we'll, we'll be picking a book that I, I feel like we should pick books. Uh, and this is, you know, we can talk about this offline, mm-hmm. but I feel like we should pick books that are like we're quote unquote supposed to read. You oh, know? like classics, like the canon. Yeah. Well, not necessarily like old books because old books are boring, but. No, they're not. Depends on the book. What do you mean they're boring? Have you ever like tried to read a book written before? Okay. Like, but here's 2015, the bo- like The Road. Um, I majored in English. Right. We read the canon. We started with Beowulf and we got, we didn't even get into the 19th century after two years of two classes a semester. So Mm. I've read a lot of old books. And I mean, you know, Beowulf, it's just a real page turner. Yeah. Then I had to teach it. So okay. you're, you you uh, majored in English in Correct. college at the University of Michigan. Yes. And go blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a recent college graduate, kind of. Uh, Let's go with that. The lovely American University in Washington. You mean DC. American? USA, baby. Mm. Uh, in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. I did not study English. I studied international relations, which is oh, just what a great major. It's not a bad major. It's not a bad major. Nobody forced you to major in it. It's not like, I, you know, dad and I were like, you must major in international relations. No, I, I chose I chose that for myself. That, that was a wound you was self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. So the first book we chose to read. We? Is, I, so I chose this book. I feel yes. like maybe we should all, like a book, like a classic book club. So this is a podcast and a book club. A so we're classic gonna a- book club? No, a podcast and a book. Oh, I thought you said a classic book club, but I'm like, I'm out. So we'll we'll try mm-hmm. and maybe if we if you don't have a good idea for what to read next, I'll add in a little teaser at the end when we do decide. But okay, you know what we can alternate, and then if folks want to read along with us, they super super can. The Road uh, is the first book we wrote uh, we chose by yeah, and uh, why I, I chose by Cormac McCarthy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know it's just a page turner. It's a laugh a minute. It's one of the funniest books I've ever Why read. Why did you pick this book? I just... So, that's a good question. My And my final semester at American University, Go Eagles, I took a apocalyptic and dystopian fiction class. And why did you do that? Well, like, it was a Like, seriously, we're living in an apocalypse. Like, I don't understand the mentality. Well, I had an extra class available. You mean that you had I, to take? Well, I had to get, like, the credit, but I didn't have to take, like... Right. It wasn't a distribution requirement. And uh, it just, it sounds interesting. And so we read a lot of books. No, it we doesn't. We read 1984. It doesn't, not, it doesn't sound interesting. No, it sounds depressing. We're like in the middle of a freaking pandemic and you're like, let's read apocalyptic fiction. Well, I read a lot of books that I'd never read before. That's good. Like 1984. Yeah, but have you read a lot of books? No, I'm, I can barely read. Quite no, frankly. but no, I mean, you're not like a, you're not like a lich- I'm not well read. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> You're not like a literature kind of person, right? No, I I hear you. Um, so yeah, we that's read, fair. We read 1984. We read this book called um, Severance. Um, we read 
this book Scythe, all of which are total bummers. I haven't read any of those. I have not read even 1984, so. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan, but okay. coming in with the hot takes on uh, George Orwell. Why do you keep looking? Because my bookcase is over there. Oh. With the books that I read. This is an audio only format. Yeah. So. It's not really going to be good for anybody else. But I, guys, I'm looking right at that bookcase. You know, when I look that way, I'm looking at the ocean because I'm in Florida at Grandma's. And a, I, I'm watching pelicans all day dive bomb. Like that is all they flip and do. They, they fly around and then they dive bomb in the ocean to get fish. So just saying. I chose the road because we talked about it a bunch in class. Mm -hmm. And every time I brought up the class to other people, they'd say, oh, are you reading the road? Because hmm. it's supposed to be good. Uh, and we can get into whether or not it's good as we get on in this. So I chose The Road to Start. Also, there was a, a pretty sweet uh, cover of it. Like a, a pretty sweet like uh, printing of it that you got to that, that we both got. Yeah. And I, I do judge a book fully by its cover. It is a good cover. It's very like simple. Well, dramatic. So yeah, I figure if you want to now we can just uh, start to get into the book. Sure. So you just finished it. Literally, I finished it last night. You finished it like 10 minutes ago. Literally before we hopped on the call. And I texted you, and what I didn't text you was that I was crying at the end. Wow. Okay. Were you just moved or were you just sad? Well, I thought it... I don't want to say it had a happy ending because... But it had some humanity at the end, which was good. Right. So why don't you tell people basically what's the gist of the book? I mean, we could read from so, the back cover here. So uh, I got the Wikipedia page pulled up too. Oh so, wow! Between the know, between the two of us, we're really uh, we got some research. What did what does Wiki say? So let me go. Oh nope, that is the Wikipedia page for Jason Mraz. <laughs> did you know that Jason Mraz is a? Uh, He's kind of cute. Is there something wrong with him? No. So I I interned for WUGA, the NPR station in Athens, Georgia. Oh, did you? Well, I still am, technically. Yay. And uh, one of the stories we, we did this week was on butterflies. And so the outro music was Butterfly by Jason Mraz. Oh, cool. Which apparently he has other songs. So the, I, I, did, I, like, I heard the name Jason Mraz, but I never like researched who Jason Mraz is. Maybe I don't know who he is. I think I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Hold on. He's the guy who, who sings like, I'm yours. I'm thinking of that like large man, Jason. Hmm. I'll look it up while we're talking. Anyway, go ahead. Apparently he's vegan, Jason Mraz. And he, like, writes about veganism in his music. That's interesting. So, pulling up the Road Wikipedia page, it is a 2006 post-apocalyptic novel by American writer Cormac McCarthy. It's his last novel to date. It's his 10th mm. and last novel. It came out in 2006, as I just said. Okay, um, who's that? I, I just want to get back to this Jason Mraz thing for a minute. Yeah. Who is the celebrity? He's, like large as in tall and big and he has like long hair and he kind of looks vaguely jason momoa yeah yeah that's who i was thinking about anyway uh, aquaman yes he's kind of attractive yeah he's 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 a looker he's there in game go. of thrones he's oh is married... he oh okay. yeah he's married to oh god <laughs> who is who is he married to lisa bonet oh okay that could yeah. be a cute couple 
Yeah, they're both very attractive people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their kids are probably going to be, I don't know if they have kids. But. We could look it up, but that's sort of, we're getting past the, we're getting a little, we're getting just a little off topic. Anyway. Um, so it's it's about uh, basically a father and a son in a post, it's never clearly stated, but like a kind of like a post-nuclear war. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Post-massive natural disaster. Uh, in the United States, and they're trying to make their way from the northern United States to the southern United States. Their whole goal is, like, make it to the south. Uh, it's basically, it's very, it's it's very almost stream of consciousness where it's, there's not a yes. lot of uh, common, punctu- like, it's not punctuated like a traditional book. There are no apostrophes, there's no commas, there's no quote marks. There are no quote marks. Right. It's not broken up into chapters, it's just into, like, just kind of, like, sections that can right run with like from, little spaces yeah that can run from like a couple pages to mm-hmm. like literally sentences mm-hmm. are all his books i haven't read anything else by him so i did a tiny bit of research on this but basically mm-hmm. some of his his more his later work kind of follows this limited punctuation and okay. i could be completely wrong about this because i haven't read anything else by him okay but his later work kind of like um no country for old men which he wrote mm-hmm. it follows this kind of more like limited punctuation, limited stylistic. He he doesn't like to like kind of follow the rules of like style a lot right. of times in his later right. work, but in his earlier stuff it's more kind of traditionally written. Okay. Um and this is like a very bare bones book. You know, it's like there's not like some like secondary storyline going on. You're right. A That's a good like point. Time-based stuff where we learn about what happened right when this um, apocalyptic event happened, but not a whole lot. We know that there's basically it's about a father and a son. We know that there was a mother. We presume did she kill? She, did she kill herself? Yes, she did die by suicide. That was that's okay. kind of what I took by it. She died by suicide. Right. And yeah, it's a freaking depressing book. It is. Like, it's it's one of the most downer books I think I've ever read. I would agree. What, what, I mean, you texted me a more explicit <laughs> version of that statement. <laughs> but would you, like, you'd agree with that? I don't know why you picked it. I don't need this in my life right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're still in a pandemic. The last year has been, like, horrible in many, like, not exclusively horrible, but, like, there have been a lot of difficult things for me, I mean, and for everybody, my gosh. I mean, I've been one of the lucky ones, but I feel like this is not what I need in my life right now emotionally and intellectually. And I was like, what what, what are you doing? Like, so next why we'll are... read something funny. Well, I don't know. I, I just, what I don't understand your attraction to this kind of book, to be honest. Well, it felt very... Um, but... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just... We've got people like at one point they're like eating a dead baby. I was like, I don't yeah, need so this. Yeah, so I guess maybe I'll. We'll oh, just is that say a this. spoiler alert? I think we're I think we're gonna spoil the book from here on out. That's like, the plan. I like the and I don't think this is a book where there really are like spoilers. It's a lot more interesting, I think, as like a, a writing exercise, as like commenting on the form of a novel. Okay, so did you find okay commentary, that's fine. that kind of thing? So. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the plot is there's this father and son who have survived. We don't know what, but I agree. It's some kind of nuclear. Nothing seems to be alive, right? There's no, like the ecosystems have been destroyed, right? Right. And they're going down a road to get to the ocean. That was their goal, correct? Yeah. And then they get to the ocean and it's dead. 
And then after that, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, I'm not criticizing them, but it was like, then what are they doing? Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. Where in the United States do you think this took place? Okay. Um, because I live in Georgia, I kept visualizing like they're going to the Gulf of Mexico or something. But the one thing that argued, and they did talk about enslaved people or chattel slavery at one point. So that makes me think of the American South. But at one point they find cougarans. Did you see that? I don't specifically remember that. Okay. So that's, then I was like. What are cougarans? I'm looking it up. But it made, it's a, it's a money. I'm going to look it up and I'm sure our listeners already know, but whatever. They're screaming about us. Exactly. Well, so, so I assumed that this took place Kru- in... Krugerrand. That's what I thought it was. It's a South African gold coin with a portrait of President Kruger on the obverse. Oh, this was all done during apartheid. So what that, that kind of threw me off a little bit that they found Krugerrands, but you could find money from other countries in the United States, of course. Yeah, so I assumed that it was on, like, the West Coast. Oh, that's interesting. I assumed that they kind of, like, started in, like, Oregon, Northern California, and huh. like, made their way down to, like, a San Diego kind of area. Because but there then, was that Spanish... Go ahead. Well, yeah, and then looking at, like, his intention, it does seem to be, like, you were correct, like, cutting, like, kind of cutting through, like, just, like, east of the Mississippi, but it's never clearly stated. I'm sure that's by, like, that's on purpose, right? You know? Well, yeah, they leave a lot of things to kind of, like, they leave a lot of things vague. So, like, right. the main characters' names are never stated. And they never, what's also interesting, Lucas, is they never say, I don't, I shouldn't say never, but in general, they say the man and the boy. They don't say the father and the son. Like, that's... Well, the, the the boy does refer to him as Papa. No, I know that, but I'm saying on primary reference... The way they're referred is as the man and the son. Yeah, or the boy. I mean, the boy, my bad. Yeah, the boy. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's established that they had been a, a group of three for at least a, a short period of time. With the mom. With the mom, and that... And why does she choose to take her life? So, I mean, there is a lot of, like, there's a lot of just, like, despair in this universe. Yes. And, like, his whole goal was to get to the ocean, and we see them get to the ocean... And it be not that good. It's it's horrible. not like they get to the ocean and there's this community of good people who are... And they're you know, eating fish and the ocean's alive and, you know. It's just like, there's still nothing there. So I think the mom... And she has a, a quote in it where she's like, you know, worried about being... If they're captured by these like groups of cannibals that she's going to be assaulted, they're going to be killed, they're going to be eaten. And she'd rather kind of make that decision for herself. Mm-hmm. Instead of continuing to just like eke out this really, really horrible existence that we kind of witness for these 300 pages. Right. So, I, I, I mean, I think that's why she chooses to die by suicide. I'm not, it's, it's again up to interpretation. It's interesting because, you know, in the, in the flashback, it's established that she's like pregnant and like close to giving birth. Oh, I miss that. Okay. I think it's established. I could again be talking out of my butt, but. It's kind of established that she's close to giving birth when the event, this event happens, the apocalypse happens. Hmm. And then, so the kid is basically the age of the world post-apocalypse. And so she... How old did you... I felt like he was about eight years old. I think like eight to ten. Yeah. Like he's prepubescent, but he's old enough to be able to... Like he's not three or five, right? I mean... Right. 
he's, you know, he just seemed like around that age, like third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Yeah. And it's interesting. There's that quote where McCarthy says, if the kid had been born under normal circumstances, he's at the age where he would start to kind of like push away. I saw, I remember that. Yeah. But, and that's really the only way we know how old he is. Like he's at the age where he'd start to kind of push away, but because it's the apocalypse, he has no choice but to like stay. See, this is where it reminded me of the pandemic, to be honest, because you're 21 years old. You've had, I mean, you've been very lucky in that you've been able to be in your college town, have your own apartment, but for a while there, you had to live with us, which is not where you want to be. At. No, you don't want to be doing that at 21. And this is the age and stage where you're supposed to be doing your own thing, having experimenting with life, having experiences. You know, you missed your study abroad year or semester. There's a lot of opportunities that you didn't get to have that for someone in college, you would want to have them and to differentiate from us. And you have not had those opportunities. Right. And I think the the boy, I mean, he obviously, it's a very similar situation. I don't really want to compare myself to the main characters in The Road. But it is like this reality where through no fault of his own, through no fault of the, the, the father's own, there like a lot of choices just given where they o- the only way they can survive is if they keep moving, they keep eking out this existence, finding, you know, the last few cans of food in the country to eat. I mean, it's a lot of choice is taken away from the characters, which I find interesting. That's where it reminded me of the pandemic, to be honest. Right. I mean, there's There's some parallels. Yeah. And there does seem to be, it's interesting. I think if this book was written today, it would be a lot, like there would be some kind of a virus Hmm. or something like that. Because when was this written? So 2006 was when it came out. Uh, from my understanding, he was kind of working on it for a while. Yeah, because we don't think about the threat of nuclear war. I'm not saying it's not a reality, but it doesn't seem to be what people worry about as much as obviously a global viral thing. Right. It does have kind of a, how would I put this, like a an eco, like an environmentalist Well, I message. thought about the climate crisis, right, when you're reading this. Yeah, and like this is what could happen to the world if we continue to mistreat the environment continue to utilize fossil fuels and all this correct it feels very um in my understanding Mm -hmm. like a response to a lot of dystopian fiction oh really a lot of apocalyptic stuff because like this have you ever seen any of the mad max movies mom no no so they're really fun they're very intense they're like action movies and they take place Hmm. in kind of a similar world it's like everything is dead there's no water everything is like basically been turned into this desert but mm-hmm. then they have this like fun action movie. And this is almost like a, I don't want to say a more realistic telling, but it's like everything is dead and these people are literally just walking from town to town, just trying to like find the one thing that will keep them alive for another day. Okay, so here at page 54 in our thing, this is why it reminded me of what we have dealt with in the pandemic in terms of being in lockdown. No list of things to be done. The day providential to itself, the hour, There is no later. This is later. All things of grace and beauty, such as one holds them to one's heart, have a common provenance in pain, their birth in grief and ashes. I mean, I wouldn't say, I I mean, that's not an exact parallel. I think the part that reminds me of living during a pandemic is the, the way time, you know, it's like, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? Is it Friday? You know, that like, what month is it? You know, like, 
for a long time, I kept thinking it was April and it was like flipping October. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that sense of like, you're just getting through, you're just trying to enjoy each day. These people aren't enjoying anything, but you know, for me, just well, like, they do in find like individual moments of happiness. Well, yeah. That when they went swimming, right. They went swimming when they, they found like a, a can of soda they found the flare gun and they were able to light that off and it was almost like a firework or like something celebratory. I hope this is okay to say, but the other thing that I was reminded of when I was, when, when the writer was um, talking about like physical descriptions of the characters was about Holocaust survivors. That's also what it reminded. Yeah, I actually made that connection as well. Yeah. Just the, the utter, the dehumanization of folks that resulted in just the skeletal, you know, the malnourishment. And, you know, at one point he meant the the character, the dad mentions he's worried his kid is going to get Rick. Is it Ricketts that he had to yeah. find vitamin D for his kid? And, you know, that I did have that. I was kind of haunted by those images that you've seen, like when the camps were liberated and the, the people the men that were just so malnourished like that. And again, that's another man-made, human-made way that we've hurt each other. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like like the climate crisis, which I'm not sure he I'm not sure McCarthy was thinking about the climate. I don't know. Well, it it also um I think the sequence that particularly I I had a similar thought uh in the sequence when they kind of they break into the house and they find the people like trapped in the basement. Oh my god. Yeah. And there's they're basically being kept alive so that someone can eat them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I got. Um so they're like super malnourished and they've kind of been like cut up. Uh like they're one of their the guy's legs have been cut off and cauterized closed. I mean, there definitely is like a, a like I also made that connection of like like the the absolute lowest points of humanity kind of being represented throughout the book. The other thing that I thought about, like I read, have you read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning? Okay, you've got to read it. And Victor Frankl uh, survived, a Jewish man who survived concentration camps, more than one, uh, including Auschwitz. And he, while he was in the camps, developed basically something that eventually came to be called logotherapy and it's a, a therapeutic technique but it's basically like hit what he said and I'm very roughly paraphrasing it is that the last freedom that we have as humans is the freedom to choose your attitude no matter what your circumstances and so when I was reading this book The Road I was thinking about that that there were these moments of like moral decisions and that they, the dad and the dad still had like an ethical structure for his life. Like we are the good guys. We are not going to kill people. We, you know, he had an ethical system that was giving his life meaning. Like who am I? What kind of person am I in this circumstance? But that the circumstances forced them to make some, you know, you could look and say, why would you do that? But the dad had an ethical framework for his behavior, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And what's, what's, what I find interesting is, so again, this is kind of the main, most important, like a major spoiler for the book, but like at the end, the dad died. Yeah. And short, like, I guess in the days before that, he does make a particular decision that I think breaks with his ethical. Oh, which one? 
when like they got their cart so they got they get their oh i know yeah and they're able to kind of hunt like track down this the guy who stole their cart the man the father forces the man to like give them all their stuff back and then like strip naked and he leaves him like naked in the middle of the road and the The son, son yeah is like this isn't this is wrong like we why are we doing this to this man what makes us different like we're supposed to be the good guys they keep returning this term like we're the good guys everyone else is the bad guys and then shortly after that the dad dies like he gets wounded i think it gets infected what the father i'm going to interrupt you what the father says to the son is we we don't kill people and the son says you just killed him like you have essentially created a situation that's going to accelerate this man's death so yeah you killed him the son makes like, he doesn't have a ton of agency because he's, like, 10 or 8 or however old he is. Right. But he would have made a different, a better decision. He would have, you know, given... Because the, the, there's also this, like, extended conversation, which I think is probably, like, the longest conversation in the entire book. When he they're talking to this guy, Eli, uh, who the, the father eventually, like, leaves and abandons. And the guy's like, oh, I'm just, like, hungry and I'm very desperate and I know you guys have food. And so this, the son probably would have, like, taken all the stuff back but given the guy food you know camped with him built a fire with him tried to help him mm-hmm. and it's the son who the, and then the dad dies and the son is able to live on and continue to try and make decisions and continue to try and enact this like morally correct mm-hmm. way of life the other uh, an, another interesting plot point that i wanted to ask you about is like mm. so there's this there's the the kind of set of days where they're able to find this like this like preppers camp Wait, the house or the ship? The house. Yes. So oh, right, where this, they're like, going underground and it's all set up. Yeah. They find this, like, apocalypse bunker. Correct. And they spend, like, you know, three to five days there eating food. It's, like, loaded with food. It has, like, A beds. toilet. It has water. Yeah. yeah. They eventually abandon it. The exp- explanation that the dad gives, it's they have to keep moving and someone could find them there and then they right. get trapped. So, like, what did you think about the decision for them to abandon this almost, like, safe place that they could have stayed in for an extended period of time? It seemed like the dad was kind of on autopilot of his strategy, was like, we've got to keep moving, we've got to keep moving. And they really did have this, what ended up being a delusion, that somehow getting to the ocean, which is water is a symbol of rebirth, that that was going to be sort of their salvation. Like, we're going to get to the ocean and it's going to be all good. And so he was still, I think if they had stayed there, it would have meant abandoning this idea that they were, the road was leading them somewhere, which it really wasn't, right? Right. So that would have involved like a whole shift in perspective for for the dad. Then there's this thing of like, you know, they were eking out this, ex- they are eking out an existence like, oh, we found a can of beans. Like, if you wait five years, the world, the people who are left in the world, they're going to be even fewer cans of beans and peaches. Like, you're talking about like dwindling resources, right? What else are we, is there anything else you want to talk about or? I mean, the the ending is, seems a little ambiguous. Why? To me. So the, the end of the book, the father dies and then a character who I honestly didn't remember catches back up with them mm-hmm. and says basically to the boy, come with me and my wife. We have two kids. We'll protect you. We'll try and like eke out. Continue Was he in the book earlier? I think so. Because I think it says something like, 
Well, he says we've been watching you. Yeah. But I took that to be since your dad died. Like, we've been talking about you. We've been watching you. You know, because he stayed with his dad for three days, which I found an interesting number because of Christian, like... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, Christian-y, Jesus-y stuff going on. So he stayed three days with his dad and then walked out to the road and he looked down the road and he looked back the way they had come. Someone was coming. So... See, that implied to me that they, he had been behind them, you know, rather than watching from where he was with his dad. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I'm just looking myself at, like... Do, do you trust that this guy in this family is going to, like, actually take care of the boy? Yes. Because he, he eventually convinces him, he's like, the boy's like, are you one of the good guys? The guy says, I, you, you just have to trust that I am because I don't have any way to prove it. No, I believe this. I, I have to because otherwise, you know, come on. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it, it ends on, I guess, to that extent, a more hopeful note. In that well, except, will... yeah, it does. But then, the okay, so the woman appears to still have her faith in God, right? Right. She said, I love this line. She said that the breath of God was his breath, yet though it passes from man to man through all of time. I just thought that was beautiful. But... Then the last paragraph of the book is talking about how beautiful the world was before people screwed it up. You know, it's like, that's where I got the like climate crisis kind of that type of thing. I mean, it's definitely like anti-people. That's true. It's not super like humanist. Right. The people screw things up. There definitely is some like Christian imagery throughout the book. Yes. And the the father even says, like, that the boy is, like, the Messiah and... What? Or not, or is, a, like, is a Messiah and is, like, carrying on humanity. Well, the carrying the fire, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think when he's talking to the, to um, Eli. Yes. He says, like, that the boy is, like, a god in the sense that he will... I thought he was just messing, so he, just so, if... Anyone still listening? Yeah. E- depressing <laughs> ass. Eli is a man they meet, but I felt like he was almost a hallucination. Oh, you think Eli was? Kind of. And then there was a line towards... Well, anyway, go ahead about that. Well, I, just, I think it's interesting because if you wanted to make your book about how this one human is going to... You know, is this kind of savior of humanity in this post Oh, okay. World, oh, okay. I guess you would make it a little bit clearer and you would make it a little bit more like he's, you know, creating this following or he's drawing in these disciples or he's doing this or that. Hmm. And in this book, it's just like that might happen in the future. If this kid is going to try and continue this, like continue the fire and continue like goodness in the world. But like, that's not what the book's about. No, I didn't get that. He was a messianic figure. I did not get that. You did? I mean, that was kind of how I interpreted it. No, I think it's just like a spark of humanity. Like what the woman says. The characters are the father and the son. Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. Like, that was kind of honestly my touching off point. Oh. Is like, it's the father and it's the son. Dude, I didn't even, I that went over my head. Mom, mom, how is the Holy Spirit depicted? Well, like a dove. There's two ways. It says a dove or as fire. Uh, (laughs) Oh. I did train you well. I did train no, you well. No, it was well. the Catholic school. Yeah, but we did introduce you to the faith. Right, but like, I don't think we really, we, we didn't super cover depictions of the Holy Spirit. No, we did. Part. Well, 
whatever. Oh, God, I never thought of this. Now I feel dumb. It's okay. I, like, I feel like everything's low-key a Christ. Like, you can you can apply that to, like, pretty much any work of fiction. So That's a hot take. How are we going to wrap up this show? Okay, so this book is sad and bummed me out. Would you recommend this book? I would recommend this book, but I would keep, I would, like, you got to go in, like, clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose, right? Like, yes. this is going to be the most depressing book you are going to ever read. I would agree with that. What about like, Macbeth? I, okay, Macbeth, it's all like thou, that, thine. So like you can't even really connect to it. I mean, it's, like a, it's like a serial. There's, there's serial killer. What is it, Lady Macbeth? I can't remember. You know, they're making a movie out of it. They've made a movie out of it. What do you mean they're making a movie? Okay, but they're making another movie Who's going to be Lady Macbeth? Francis McDormand. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And do you know who's going to be Macbeth? No. Denzel Washington. My man. And it's directed by the Cohen brother who's married to yeah. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Okay, so the next book. I wait, have... I, so wait. you would, I, I don't want to zoom past this too fast because, you know, we're, we're just going through this so fast. We've only been talking for 45 minutes. I have 48 on my phone, but whatever. Well, we'll, we'll cut down a little bit of that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. My heart. Um, so I would recommend it if if someone's like wants that and is like fully aware that it's going to be a sad book. You know, there are obviously moments of like light and yeah, but there's no humor. Hopeful. There's not a single joke in the entire book. No. I I mostly listened to this on audiobook, mm. and I was just while I was playing video games and like. <laughs> are you kidding me? Well, it's you can just like kind of turn your brain off while you're playing oh video games so God. instead of doing that i listened to this the road by cormac mccarthy yeah, and, and why like, not and why not right it's just like a great way to you know continue your day you just feel energized after it you're hilarious There's no jokes in it it's not no. funny at any no. point there are moments of did you cry at all no but i don't books don't really get me like that mm. so much as like maybe like a good movie mm. okay like uh like Field of Dreams, you know like the Hobbit, right? The Hobbit movies. Yeah. Did you cry at the Hobbit? No, no. I, it's it's interesting that you brought it up. I'm. It's just my way of of gigging you about never finishing the book that we were supposed to be reading together. Well, I finished the road. I read it. Well, I listened to it cover to cover. That's fine. Listening is reading. It's fine. Yeah, it's the same uh, comprehension level. Absolutely. It is also interesting. I I think the flashback scene is really really like almost like a a map like a key for the entire book. Mm. In that as so like there's like this big flash of light, mm-hmm. and then the the power all goes out, and the father's first instinct is to fill the tub with water. Like his survival instincts are like baked in from the jump, and that's why he's been able. That's one of the reasons why he's been able to survive this long. Right. And another character they meet is like, oh, I always knew this was going to happen. Right, right. I didn't prepare for it. Was that the blind man? I think so. Yeah. Like, I always knew this was going to happen. I didn't do anything to prepare for it, but I knew this was going to happen and he's able to survive. There's the food store that that lasts and hasn't been looted. Mm-hmm. And so there is almost like a, 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 tech, like a, a, a textual thing that's going on where it's like, I don't want to say it's like pro-prepper or anything, but it is like, like Cormac McCarthy has this, connotation is like an ultra masculine writer oh yeah where it's like i, I write about men and mm. they they survive in the apocalypse with their son 
and they teach them about how to live. Well, and there were a lot of the skills that the dad had. I was like reading it like I wouldn't really know how to do that. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I've watched like 18 seasons of Survivor at this point. So like, I think I'd be okay. But I guess there's no Bob Vila. I mean, you know, come on. Who's Bob Vila? You're like a home improvement guy. You know, I have no, from the show Home Improvement with Tim Allen. No, he's like it's like the Martha Stewart of Home Improvement. Okay. Was he on like this old house? Kinda, sorta, maybe. Okay. Anyway, what are we done? Sure. Thanks again for listening to our first episode. Next week we'll be talking about Jamaica Kincaid's book, The Autobiography of My Mother. You can follow us on Twitter to stay up to date. And until next week, please enjoy this royalty-free outro music.